This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate those of you who are watching today. And we especially are delighted to have those who may be watching for the very first time. We are delighted that you've tuned in. Now today on our telecast, our, our theme is entitled, Looking Up to Heaven, He Sighed. We're going to be looking at an incident in the life of Jesus and we want to talk about some of the things that this incident says to us about Christ and what it should say about us today. Now, on getting to know your Bible, we are offering a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize this course is free. We want you to have it, and I want to uh, pause just long enough that you can learn more about the course and that you can learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free. 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from Mark the 7th chapter, beginning in verse 31. And again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. And they brought to him one who was deaf and, and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. And he spat and touched his tongue. And then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be open. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. And, and then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. If you had sought Jesus on any given day while he walked on this earth, where would you have found him? Well, you would have found him in the temple, maybe the synagogue, in the streets, the marketplace. You would have found him in the homes of the people. If you'd have sought Jesus out while he was on this earth, among what kind of people would you have found him? And looking at the life of Jesus Christ, eight times we read of Jesus being with those of high standing, 12 times those of just average standing in life, 
but 40 of the 60 times we read about his inter, his, uh, inter uh, working with people, he was among those who were considered outcast of society. Now in the text that I have just read, a man was brought to Jesus who could not hear and he could not speak. And Jesus took this man and he put his fingers in the man's ears. And then he spat and he touched his tongue. And then the Bible says, looking up to heaven, he sighed. Some have suggested, and I think correctly so, that this was a sigh of compassion. And Jesus said to the man, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened. He could hear. And the impediment of his tongue was loosed. And he spoke very, very plainly. I just wonder sometimes if Jesus came back and, and he walked on this earth again, how would Jesus respond? I believe in this lesson we, we learn that Jesus would act today just as he did in times past. And I believe that Jesus would still be a compassionate man. Looking up to heaven, he sighed. Jesus sighed when men were sick. In Matthew 14 and 14, the Bible says that Jesus went forth and he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick. So Jesus sighed when he saw men sick. Jesus also sighed when men were hungry. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 32, Jesus said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. But Jesus also sighed when he saw men as sheep without a shepherd. In Matthew the ninth chapter and in the 36th verse of that chapter, we learn something about the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. There was a crowd, it's referred to here as a multitude. And Jesus Christ is concerned today about the crowd, the multitude, those that are sick, those that are sinful, those that are sad, those that are sorrowing. Jesus has compassion. The Bible says that he was moved with compassion. This was dedicated compassion. It was determined compassion. It was desirous compassion. And there was Jesus' concern. He was moved with compassion because they were weary 
One version says because they were, they fainted. His concern was for those that were weary, those that were helpless, those that were homeless, those that were hopeless. He said they were like sheep having no shepherd. They were scattered sheep. And Jesus Christ sighed when he saw men as sheep without a shepherd. I'm just wondering to myself right now that when the Lord looks down on this earth and he sees all of the teeming multitudes of people that scattered throughout this earth, if he's not moved with compassion, when he sees this old world as it is today, so scattered, so sinful, so sad, so sick spiritually, so helpless and so homeless and so hopeless that our Lord is moved with compassion. Jesus sighed in five ways. He sighed over a town. In Luke the 19th chapter and in verse 41 the Bible says that speaking of Jesus looking at Jerusalem, he beheld the city and wept. He beheld the city and he wept. And he told the people if they only knew what was ahead of that city, they'd be weeping too. Who is it that's weeping over our cities today? Who's weeping over our cities today that are, that are filled with, with crime, that, that are filled with, with people who are addicted to some terrible, terrible thing, like drugs, like alcohol. Who, who is it that's weeping over our cities? Jesus sighed over a town. Jesus sighed at a funeral. His friend Lazarus died. And when Jesus came to the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Jesus sighed. John eleven thirty five 35 says, Jesus wept. I, have, I can remember many years ago in conducting funeral services that, that people would shed tears at the funeral of someone they loved. But, but in recent years, I have noted we don't shed quite as many tears when someone dies as we once did. And we ought to weep with those that weep. Romans 12, verse 15. Jesus sighed at a funeral. And there are not, so, there are not many tears being shed today but when there's so much for which we ought to be weeping. There are not many tears shed today over the plight of man. Paul was shed tears because of the plight of mankind. He said in Acts the 20th chapter in verse 31 in, in addressing the elders of, of Ephesus, he said, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears, with tears. Jesus sighed when people were sorrowing, when people were hurting, and we need to shed tears today. And Jesus sighed by working. In John the ninth chapter in verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works 
of him that sent me while it is day. Jesus showed compassion by doing the will of his Father. And it takes a compassionate heart to work for the Lord. In Psalms 126, the Bible says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. We need to be shedding tears today over the lostness of our world. But Jesus also sighed by praying. He prayed for other people. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 31 and 32, Jesus was addressing Peter. And he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift thee his wheat, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. You see, he prayed for Peter. Jesus sighed by praying. And Jesus sighed by going to Calvary. There is not a greater demonstration of the compassion and love of the Lord Jesus Christ than the fact that Jesus died on the cross for mankind. As Isaiah described it in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Jesus saw man helpless and hopeless. And Jesus, because He loved mankind, went to the cross of Calvary. And we benefit from Jesus' death, from His display of compassion by obeying Him today. I would urge you, if you've never obeyed the gospel of Christ, by believing on Jesus and by repenting of your sins, by confessing your faith in Christ, by being baptized into Christ, I'd urge you to do it as soon as you possibly can. Jesus showed compassion by going to Calvary. But could I ask you a question? Do we ever sigh? Do we show compassion? We live in a world that has become so hard of heart in many ways that, that if we are not very cautious, our hearts will become hard as well. So again I ask, do we ever sigh? Do we sigh over helpless children? One report suggests that there is a report of child abuse made every 10 seconds. A report of child abuse made every 10 years would be too much. But can you imagine a report of child abuse being made every 10 seconds? I've also learned that Almost five children die every day as a result of child abuse. 
and more than three out of four are under the age of four. Thirty-one percent of the women in prison in the United States were abused when they were children. Over 60% of the people in drug rehabilitation centers report being abused or neglected as a child. About 30% of abused and neglected children will later abuse their own children, continuing the horrible cycle of abuse. About 80% of 21-year-olds that were abused as children met criteria for at least one psychological disorder. And the estimated annual cost of child abuse and neglect in the United States is about $104 billion. And abused children are 25% more likely to experience teen pregnancy. And abused teens are three times more likely to practice safe sex. And they are put at great risk for some type of social disease. Children are at risk today. Do we sigh today for abused children? Have we ever sighed because of women that are abused? Husbands are to love their wives like Jesus loved the church. Now understand, sometimes men can be abused by their wives. But more than not, the woman is abused by her husband. I talked to a young woman one day who was expecting a baby. And I learned that her husband had taken his fist and he had punched her in her midsection as hard as he could. It is a wonder he did not kill the child. Women are abused. It ought to break our heart. I believe today Jesus is sighing over this. And do we ever sigh over the difficulties of modern life? Do we sigh because there are children right around us that are hungry? Children that may not have the proper clothing to wear? Do we sigh because there are those that are jobless? Do we sigh when some friend of ours tells us that, that their home is is beginning to fall apart? Do we sigh? Oh, we ought to have a compassionate heart for those who are experiencing difficulties of modern life. And do we sigh because men are lost? I believe we ought to have a heart of compassion for the lost of our world. In Psalms 142 and verse 4, that David was a fugitive running away from King Saul. And in this text, David seems to be hiding in a cave and, and, and he makes this startling statement. No man cared for my soul. Folks, we've got to care for the souls of people today. Do you care for your own soul? Do you care for the souls of your children? 
caring for somebody's soul suggests that we have a belief and a faith in and a conviction of the existence of that soul. Genesis 2 and 7 says that God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Do we really believe that? And caring for someone's soul suggests that we have an appreciation of the value of that soul. Jesus asked, What is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And then we ought to be concerned for souls because of the danger to which they're exposed. A person can lose their soul. Jesus said, Fear not him who is able to destroy the body, but hath no power over the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and the body in hell. Do we ever sigh with the lost? Do we sigh over our young men and women that are at war? Or do you criticize what's being done? It ought to break our hearts that our young, finest young men and women have to go to war today. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if you could live long enough to see a time of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? That we did not have a single young man, that we did not have a single young woman on foreign soil trying to serve in our military. I appreciate the military. I support the military. But we need to have hearts of compassion and concern for those who serve this country. We ought to pray for them. And we ought to support them in every way we can. Do you ever sigh over young parents today? I've been a young parent. I think I would have to say no longer am I a young parent, but I have an appreciation for the struggles of those who are trying to rear their children. And some of the, in some ways it is more difficult to rear our children today and even our grandchildren than it was 20, 30, or 40 years ago. There are so many difficulties out there, so many things that are calculated to hurt, to harm, and destroy our youth. Young parents have a real challenge today, and we need to have compassion for them. We need to help them. We ought to support them. And do you ever sigh over the youth of our land? You know, sometimes we have people that want to get on the, the bandwagon, and they want to criticize all of the young people. Well, maybe some young people are worthy of being criticized, that is, because of their lifestyle. They, they, they deserve some criticism. But sometimes young people do things that we would consider to be so far out and so far-fetched and so wrong. But if we could only understand that sometimes these things they do as a cry for attention and a cry for help. We need to sigh today over our youth. And I don't know of anything that we ought to do today that is more important than to bring our youth up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Do you ever sigh over the burden that leaders carry? The leaders of this nation? 
We may not always appreciate them. We, we may not always agree with the choices and the decisions that they make. We ought to have hearts of compassion for those that carry a heavy load. There are those that are leading today in the church, and we ought to have hearts of compassion for them as well. The world at times seems to be so hard, so cruel, and so loveless. And not right now, I'm sure there are people that are under the sound of my voice that feel as though there is no one that really cares about you. I believe there's still a lot of good, kind people in our world. I know there are because I meet so many of them. But, but if you're in a situation where you do not feel the warmth of love and compassion, I, I hope that you will remember this. Jesus loves you, and Jesus wants to wrap His loving arms around you. But you will have to allow Him to do it. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll have to keep my commandments. You will keep them. John 14, 15. Jesus Christ is not going to force himself upon anyone. Will you open the door of your heart and allow him in? I would encourage you to do nothing more than what people did in the first century. Just let him in, just as they did in that first century. In the, the book of Acts, we have so many examples of conversion of people who let the Lord in their life. Would you allow me to read just one short example of conversion? On the Sabbath day, we went out of the river to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. We sat down and spoke to the women who we met there. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Here was a woman who believed. And Paul talked this woman, and she and her household were baptized. She opened her heart to the Lord. Would you do that today? Would you allow some servant of God to baptize you? In the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, will you please, please pick up the telephone, call for the free Bible correspondence course, and we'll send it to you as soon as possible. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today, and I hope that you'll be blessed by the lesson. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, 
Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.